Welcome to My Soul Dog Podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Nillis. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I don't like to cook, but I do love my dogs. So sit right there while we discuss all things dog training, hydrotherapy, tips, tricks, and everything in between. you so much for joining me. I hope you are comfy and cozy. It is definitely chilly here in the Pacific Northwest. My feet are on my heated rice bag. Oh my goodness, it's chilly and it's really cold when you're potty training a puppy and you must go out into the elements and reward on the spot. So I am out in that cold a lot. As a matter of fact, I had to get Elsbeth fitted for some kind of a sweater or sweatshirt, which is proving to be difficult because she's kind of in this awkward body phase and so nothing really fits her right now but she barely has enough hair she's always so cold outside so who knows maybe I'll get my crochet hooks out and have to crochet her her own sweater that's always fun in winter but anyway today we are going to be talking about moving the needle and what is moving the needle I find that so many people have a hard time well this is pretty much with anything of sticking with dog training Because training your dog lasts a lifetime, but really you're going to do a lot of training up front, either when you very first get your dog if you're adopting or when you're raising a dog from a puppy and going forward. But it does take a long time to get that dream dog. Everybody gets a dog and dreams of having that off-leash dog that you can hike with and they'll you can call them back at any time they have a really good recall but so few people get that and why is that and like i said this is so applicable to so many parts of our lives is sticking with it and making manageable goals so we have this goal of having this off-leash dog but what are the baby steps i always think of it as a piece of pie well actually the whole pie and what we want to do is the whole pie is the recall. And then we take that pie and we go, well, we're not going to eat that whole pie at once. We're going to eat it one piece at a time. And so we slice it up into manageable bite-sized pieces and we consume the pie piece by piece until we eat the whole pie, which would equate to having a really beautiful recall that we could call our dog anytime, any place anywhere and our dog would come to us but why is it that people fall off and I came to realize that I think people are trying to make things too difficult and dog training does not need to be difficult to be effective and a lot of people are under the misconception that you must train for an hour every single day And frankly, who has an hour every single day? We are so busy with so many things. And some of that is you need time to decompress. We need time to be off social media. We need time to just relax or be with our family, read a book, even watch TV. Just whatever it is that just helps you relax. That is just as important as being busy with productivity, basically. So who has an hour of time, especially if you're raising children? Oh my goodness, that takes up a lot of your time. 
It does not need to take one hour to train your dog. Did you know that three minutes, three times a day is the optimal amount of training time? Add that up. That's only nine minutes in a day. So could you chunk out nine minutes in your day? And I always tell people with love, I say this with love, but you suck at keeping time. You suck at keeping time when you do it in your head. If I say do three minutes in a session, you're like, yeah, I'm going to time that in my head. You will definitely do more than three minutes. Three minutes goes by really, really fast. You'll end up doing five, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we're getting out of hand. And this is something that you're not going to want to do every single day because you just went over your time. And now you don't, you're rushing around doing your other things. And you're just like, oh, it's the first thing to go off your plate. And what we're going to do instead is set a timer. We set a timer for three minutes, and when that timer goes off, you are done, and you go on to your other activities. And when we set our timer, we're not going to cover everything in those three minutes. And like all of our goals, when we make our goals, there's no way that we can cover it all in three minutes. But we're talking about our piece of pie, and we're just doing bite-sized pieces, right? So we're going to work a little bit on this skill this time. Now we might do another three minute session and it's okay if you need to combine it into like two sessions, one six minute and one three minute. And you work on a little bit at a time, knowing that your goal is really big and it's out there, that carrot is out there. But what are the baby steps in the middle? What are the bite-sized pieces in the middle? Now, this brings me to thinking of when I was doing my pool build. I was building out my spa, and this was a project that was taking a long time. And it was taking a long time because I didn't have a crew of people working. The crew was me. And Warren, when I couldn't do something, I would ask him to help me on the weekends uh, when he had some time and was home. But I had to figure things out and I had to work hard and I had to get everything done that was doable by my own two hands. And thanks to YouTube, to teaching me how to do some of the things. And my friends who would come over and save me when I was in a pickle. But I had to keep going. This was a huge project that took me almost a year to do. Almost. And oh my gosh, how did I stick with it? And a lot of people ask me, you did this? You stuck with this whole entire thing? And Granted, this didn't come without tears. I cried a lot through the whole thing. I would be exhausted and I'm still like, oh my gosh, I need to go do this thing. It was on my to-do list. And I kept saying, would my tomorrow self be proud of me today? Would my tomorrow self be proud of me for what I did today? And I tried to move the needle every single day. I wanted the needle to move closer to my end goal. So the biggest thing that I had to do that was really hard to stay with was my railing, staining my railing. The railing has a whole bunch of rungs. And when I was building it out, I decided that I wanted the rungs to be really close together because I didn't want small dogs or puppies slipping through and falling off the pool deck. Safety was number one to me. So I wanted these rungs to be really close together. And what 
does that mean? It means there's more rungs that I have to put on my railing then if I have them that close together, which also meant that more rungs means more rungs that I have to stain. And the stain was two coats, so I had to stain them all once and stain them all again. And it was very, very tedious. And I wanted to scream. I did not want to see another rung again when I was done with this project. I was so excited to have it done. But what I did was instead of just sitting down and doing all the rungs at once, because I knew there was no way I would be able to get them done. I didn't have time for that. I had other things I needed to do. So I made myself a goal of I would do five or 10, depending on my day, but no more than 10. I would stain five to 10 rungs a day. That was all I had to do. And I, I really, this was a jagged pill to swallow. I did not enjoy this activity. After a while, after I've been in this pool build for a while, I was really sick of it. So at that time, five to 10, I could say, after I, I completed it, I could say, you're off the hook. Even if I didn't have anything more to do that day, I said, all I have to do is five to 10, and then I am off the hook. I am free. I did something today that my tomorrow self will be proud of. I moved the needle towards my end goal. I did something that went in the direction of my end goal. And when I accumulated five to 10 one day, and then five to 10 another day, and five to 10 another day, wouldn't you know it, I got to my goal. I got every single one stained and we were able to put them all up and I was done. And that felt so good to be done at the end. And I also kept telling myself, this is not going to last forever. This is not going to last forever. I, there is an end. I just have to keep going. And every day that I do a little bit of work, I will get to the end. I am closer to the end than I was the day before. Just keep going. And I just set those really manageable bite-sized piece goals so I could get to my end goal. And that is the same with dog training. Setting a big goal and then chunking it out into really, really bite-sized pieces and achieve a little bit at a time, knowing full well you're working towards your end goal. Now, what does this look like? I was having a reactive rover class and in the class, someone was sharing with me that their dog is really on alert when they're in the car very much on alert, waiting to bark and react to something. You can tell that she's edgy, she's nervous, very tense in the car, and it's as if her eyes are darting, looking for the scary thing. And I asked her, I said, well, what is her behavior like if that's how it is in the car, and really at the end, she also stated that when they got to their destination, then she would act a fool. That's when she would erupt. Um, she was over aroused and she would bark and her mom was very embarrassed by that and it was becoming a problem, hence the reason why she is coming to my reactive rover class. And so I asked her, I said, well, let's back this up a little bit. So she's really tense in the car. But what is her behavior like on her way to the car? 
She goes, oh, she's really jacked up. She's really hyper. She's really intense then. And I went, okay, let's back that up a little bit more. What is she like at the door that you walk out of? Oh, she's really excited at that door. She's really jacked up. She's really intense at that door. I said, okay, let's back that up even further. What is she like when you get out the leash and collar? And she goes, oh, she's very excited. Okay. So that is the very beginning stage. It could even be backed up that you're getting your shoes on. Some dogs will start to get aroused right at that point, and we might need to back it up all the way to that point. In this scenario, we only needed to back up to the point of getting out the leash to attach to the collar or getting out the harness. So what I told mom to do, she said, so do I work on everything? Do I just go out to the car and I drive around and do I start working there? And, you know, where do I start? And I said, you need to start at the very beginning. Our goal is that we can be calm all the way to the door. We get in the car and we're calm on our drive. And we're calm when we get out of the car at our destination. So getting out of the car calmly at our destination is going to be our really big overarching goal. But we back that up all the way. We're already back home. We've backed it up so much so we're not even in the car anymore. And we are just getting the harness and leash out of the closet. That is where we begin. That is our baby step. And if we take three minutes of time in our day, because three minutes is manageable. It is something that you can achieve every single day. And as a side note, I will usually do this at my dog's breakfast or meal time. Maybe it would be a dinner time. And I train with their kibble during that time. So I know at their mealtime, I do my three minutes of time. Maybe I do three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening, and I got my six minutes out. And if six minutes is all you can do and you can't do nine, your dog is still going to make immense, immense progress because you are being consistent. But I use my dog's kibble and that keeps me accountable. I know I have to feed them and that would be a perfect time to do my three minutes of time. I set my timer and I start training then. So that is what I recommended to this mom. I said, why don't we get out the leash and collar and we just set it down and we feed her. We say yes and we feed her a little little bit of her breakfast or a little bit of her dinner. And then we put the leash and collar back into the closet. And then in a few minutes, I go back and I go get the collar and leash out and I say yes and I feed her a treat and then I put the leash and collar back into the closet. What I want to do is I want her to go, oh, the dog, to go, oh my gosh, she's just getting into the closet and she's getting my stuff. We don't go anywhere. It's so boring. Yes, baby girl, it is so boring. It's just easy peasy. There's no reason to get super excited about this. Because the problem is, is that most people, every time they get the leash and, and harness out, What is the very next thing they're going to do? Go out the door, get in the car. And when we are predictable like that, our dog will start to get aroused. When we get the leash and harness out, the dog starts getting excited. But if you start getting the leash and collar out and you don't do anything, nine times out of 10, you don't do anything, your dog will start to relax and go, oh, my human is just moving about the room with my harness and my leash, but we're not going anywhere. 
on the 10th time, we put it on and we reward, and then we might take off the harness and leash and put it back in. First, we're just taking it out of the closet and seeing if we can get our dog to be relaxed. Second step would be, can we put the leash and harness on and have our dog be relaxed? We put it on, we take it off, we put it back in the closet. Just because I put it on does not mean that we're going somewhere. Sometimes I just want to see you wear your harness and leash. That's all. And I reward them and I put it back in the closet. Then I bring it back out. I put the harness and leash back on and I feed. I go, yay, here's some cookies. The cookies are just their kibble. But I say it in a really fun voice and they think it is a puppy party. And then I say, okay, we're all done. And I just take off all the gear and I put it back in the closet. And then I go get the harness and leash and I say, you know, we're going to get dressed. And I put it all on and I say, yay, and we have a puppy party. And then I take the harness and leash off and I put it back in the closet. And over time, this little girl will start to relax going, boy, we put on my harness and leash, but we never go anywhere. And her arousal will start to decrease. And she will not get excited because she does not think that we're going anywhere because nine times out of 10, we're not going anywhere. And so we're chunking out manageable bite-sized pieces. Now, remember, our overarching goal is that we can drive somewhere and she can get out of the car at our destination and be calm, comfortable, and cool. But if she starts getting excited while you get the leash out of the closet and she's really excited when you put the leash on and then she's really excited when we're at the door and we race out the door and we're really excited going to the car and we're really excited riding in the car and then she's going to explode when we're at our destination. It's called trigger stacking. We are stacking all of these conditions on her until the point that she explodes. And so we want to keep everything reasonable. We want to keep our expectations reasonable. We want our dog to be winning. We want our dog doing it well. But if I just started working on riding in the car, it's not going to go well because she's already aroused on her way to the car. I need to chunk this out and cut my pie into really tiny bite-sized pieces and go one of the bites of the pie is that we work on getting the leash out of the closet and not getting excited. Bite number two is going to be putting the leash on and not getting excited. Bite number three is putting the leash on, getting the leash out of the closet, putting it on and sitting, just sitting by the door that we normally exit. The more I can build up this calm behavior and we calmly go to the car, we, then we can work on calmly riding in the car. Now, the point of this story is not so much about what we do to get our dogs to be calm in the car and not erupt at the destination. That could be a whole nother podcast episode. The point that I'm trying to drive home, as mom said, what do I work on? Do I work on riding in the car? Do I work on being calm at the door? And I said, why don't you just leave writing in the car? Take that off your plate. Let's take that off your plate completely. Let's back it up to the point of you're just getting the leash out. Let's make it manageable for you that you are willing to do that every single day and work on her remaining calm and getting rewarded for that every single day. Can we just chunk that out and just work on that? Because if I said, let's work on her reactivity at our destination, It would become too much and I'm afraid mom would then fail. 
she would fall off. She would not be consistent. She would stop her training because it's just overwhelming and there's too much to do. And then that dog will not receive help. So like I mentioned, this is just such good practice for anything in our life. It's me going to a personal trainer for a half an hour, three times a week. I'm not going for an hour. I'm only going for a half an hour. It seems really manageable, and that's something that I personally can do three days a week. (coughs) Excuse me. So I go to my personal trainer three days a week for a half an hour, but I am consistently doing that. I don't miss my weeks because it is manageable, and I'm able to do it every single week for three days. It was how I was able to build my pool and stay with this project that was so overwhelming in the beginning is chunking my pie into bite-sized pieces and just achieving one bite at a time. It's how we stay with our dog training because dog training takes time. It takes years and really you never stop. You might train something new. I remember that Chester came in at 13 years old to train. He started his obedience then. You never stop training. But in the beginning, when you're building up a bond with your dog or you are raising a puppy, you are going to be in this for the long haul. We're talking a couple of years. How do you stay with such a big goal to work through a couple of years to start to get that dog that you dreamed of having? To really establish that foundation. Once they're a little bit older, like with Annika, I worked really hard with her. She's three years old. And I think for the first two years, I was working with her every single day. Now the third year, I don't work every single day with her. I could, but I work periodically with her. I keep her up on her skills and I introduce a new one every now and again when I feel like it's something I want to teach my students and I'll get Annika spun up so she can demonstrate for them. But I worked for a solid two years with her in the beginning and she is an off-leash dog. As a matter of fact, I've never put her on leash. She doesn't need to be on leash. I wanted to go as long as I could without a leash. I was raising her from a puppy and she can be off leash. We can go hiking and I can call her back at any time. I can tell her to leave moose poop or any other poop we see on the trails and she'll do it. But that all was built off of little tiny bits every single day. I had to make it consumable for myself in a time that I am busy, there's things going on, there's commitments that need to be um, achieved and I need to be responsible for them. And But I was able to find those three minute blocks of time. And again, set your timer Do not count in your head. Set your timer, and when the timer goes off, I feed the rest of her kibble in her bowl. So in the beginning, I start with the kibble. I ration it out into the bowl, and then I set my timer, and I start rewarding her with the kibble. And then when my timer goes off, I say, okay, we're all done. Mama's all done. I got to get ready for my day. And I give her the rest of the bowl, and she can eat all of that at the end. But I was able also to be guilt-free. There's no guilt whatsoever. I can say, did I do something to move the needle towards my big goal? The answer will always be, hell yes, I did. 
I fed Annika her breakfast while she trained and I did something to go the direction towards my goal. And I will do something again tomorrow, but tomorrow is not here yet. I can just let myself off the hook knowing that my tomorrow self will be proud of what I did today. So find that big goal that you want to work on with your dog and see if you can chunk that out into bite-sized pieces. Back it up. Back it up to the point where you see that behavior might be breaking down. Where is the point where your dog's doing really good and where does it start to fall apart? That sweet spot is where we start to train and it might not look anything like your end goal. Working with getting the leash out of the closet was nothing like arriving at our destination and not reacting. They don't look the same, but these are building blocks to get there. So see if you can find that in your dog training and make a manageable goal and tomorrow or maybe later today, find three minutes of time and give it a shot. Start training, use that three minutes and then feel really good about yourself and then do it again tomorrow. Do it again the next day, do it again the next day, and your dog will go to the moon. Your dog will reach all your goals. Your dog will shine. You will be so immensely proud. And may I just also mention that you will bond so hard with your dog. If you're spending these minutes with your dog, you will fall in love with them all over again. That is just going to be a side effect and you won't be able to help it. You won't be able to stop it. That time that you invest in your dog will just make your heart warm. You will fall in love with them all over again. So you've been warned. Now go find your big goal and start making it small baby bite-sized pieces and move that needle. I'll see you next time. Happy training.